Ahoy! Welcome back to The Digital Couch, the podcast about business, marketing, and people by Value First. Welcome to Season 5. I'm hosting today Vatsal Asha. Vatsal is a director and CEO of DMA Asia. For more than a decade now, Vatsal has played such a crucial role in protecting the marketing fraternity across the country. Welcome to The Digital Couch, Vatsal. It's such a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you, Shari. It's an utmost honor and delight to join you for Season 5. Many congratulations uh, to join this uh, worthy Hall of Fame of such uh, great people who have come on your uh, podcast earlier. Uh, it's uh, really a humbling experience. I've, I've not done uh, such a podcast, but uh, I truly appreciate you inviting me over here today. It's our pleasure. So, you know, I usually start the podcast with an introduction, but I was I was trying to write one for you and I was really having a tough time because you worked at the brand side of things. Then you've just created this community over so many last few years, which has done so much for marketers, including me as well. So I thought I'd leave this to you. And my first question will actually be the, the fact that will you introduce yourself to all of us and our listeners and how you've taken a plunge from the corporate world to, to starting something like which I, I will always call a community. It'll never be a agency or a house which helps marketers for me. It's, it'll always be a community. Uh, wonderful. Uh, sometimes when you listen to some inspiring icons uh, and you realize uh, things like uh, follow your passion and have purpose. For me, uh, what I'm doing today is a fruit of passion and purpose both. And largely accidentally, I didn't uh, set out this path for myself. I don't even know if I was destined to do this. Uh, largely, my passion has been uh, travel, has been uh, uh, going and visiting uh, many as many places as I can in my this life. Mm -hmm. And also interacting, meeting people, having events. Uh, as a as a child, I would do a lot of uh, community initiatives. Uh, if and if uh, any Mumbaiker is listening to this, uh, would know the importance of uh, community events uh, like the Sarvajanik Ganesh festival that happens, <laughs> or if it is the Navratri, or if it is even the Christmas party. So I would do all this uh, while at school and college, and I would organize uh, events, and that's what uh, that what uh, would drive me. Yeah. The other purpose uh, that I had uh, for myself is uh, I wanted to always uh, help people uh, in terms of, uh, and marketing is something that I love. So how could I help marketers is, uh, uh, is, is uh, what I found as a purpose for myself. I accidentally became the CEO of DMA. It was not by design. Because when I used to work at Reliance, and uh, that was great having launched uh, right from uh, the zero stores to a thousand stores. Uh, that's my tenure at Reliance uh, in uh, the earlier part of uh, 2000. So from 2006 to 2010, where I was the head of marketing uh, for the value for value format or the hypermarkets as they called it. I realized I'd been there and I'd done as many tricks in the marketing rule book that were available. But I really did not know if my efforts made sense for the business or for the consumer. I, I had a blank check and uh, given the ambition and vision that uh, Bukesh Ambani had, I could virtually do anything in marketing. But I really didn't, didn't know if I was uh, spending my money wisely. So that's when uh, I decided to take the plunge and attempt to do a startup. 
which would help marketers do better marketing. But in 2010, there did not exist many a forum for chief marketing officers. Yeah. And uh, I started off uh, with the purpose. I, I said, even if I develop a product, it was a product idea that we had for a startup. So me, a couple of others at Reliance, we had thrown our job and we decided to get into doing a startup. But we didn't know where to go and sell. So we decided to call for a conference. And that is how I got in at the DMA. And the DMA is a not-for-profit. Yes, it's a community. It's not uh, anything else, but it's just a community. And we started off with a simple 3i vision. That was to create platforms for marketing professionals to interact, ideate, and innovate. And in this last 10 or 11 years, uh, uh, through our uh, four pillars that we have now developed, the first one being our knowledge sharing and our knowledge gaining forums, be it conferences, seminars, masterclasses, education programs, uh, things like that. Uh, our recognition and celebration program. We now run 13 recognition programs. Uh, we recognize individuals, we recognize corporations, we recognize tools, and we recognize campaigns or a cam combination of those. Uh, the most prestigious being uh, our recently concluded uh, DMA International uh, Echo Awards, the Asian edition for it, and the <clears throat> latest program that uh, also we concluded, that's the DMA Trailblazers Award. Yeah. which is recognizing individuals while the ECHO recognizes uh, campaigns. Our third pillar at DMA being the ones around business networking. So we, we what started off as a Chai Pe Charcha meeting way back in 2012 uh, uh, at the Leela at the Six Degrees Bar where we got a bunch of CMOs in a room and uh, we all were talking informally about uh, business challenges and opportunities. And I could never have imagined we would end up doing about 115 of them in the last uh, 10 years but it's been fun it's been fun to meet uh, marketers the last pillar of all dms globally but uh, you perhaps uh, know that uh, there are uh, about 29 dms globally we are unified by a body called as the global dma mm -hmm. and uh, for most of the dmas a very important part is uh, initiatives around advocacy and privacy uh, you would know that the dms globally have worked very hard to get in uh, so their codes of conduct have been further used to enact uh, regulations like the privacy shield of the USA or the GDPR in Europe. They are very active in terms of uh, helping uh, marketers. What started off as the classical erstwhile direct marketing associations are now the data-driven marketing and advertising associations. And uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to have been part of uh, uh, this momentous journey of marketing and marketers in the last 10 years. Because if you see the decade uh, in uh, 20, uh, 2000s, uh, th there was only one technology company which was in the top 10, which was uh, Apple, uh, which came at the last spot. But today, if you see, it's uh, the top 10 companies are the ones that are in technology and data, which is playing a very important role. So this has been my uh, journey and it's been fun interacting with uh, hundreds of brands, uh, thousands of marketers over this last uh, 10 years. Uh, the biggest satisfaction that I have is uh, not only I've made so many friends who are on a first name basis or on a WhatsApp basis uh, with me, but I got the brilliant chance to visit the many DMAs uh, right from Australia to America and everywhere in between. And I get to learn marketing every day. So I'm still a student of marketing. Nice. Super. Thank you for that answer. In fact, you said the fact that you've spoken to so many marketers over the last 10 years, you know them personally, you know the sort of problems that they go through, the good things that they do. So it's, I think it's pretty safe to say that you've seen marketing evolve to a large extent from scratch in India, because that's when the innovations, technology started infusing in. 
things such as globalization, us as a country competing uh, outside of the world, technology, it's, it just made everything so exciting. You on one hand, from my knowledge, have been a great sponsor of data-driven yet storytelling sort of a marketing, right? Which I feel a lot of marketers are not able to do in the sense that there's not the best balance today. So I'd, I'd love to hear this topic or this debate on data-driven versus storytelling. And if you could briefly touch upon the fact that if you're a marketer, what 2022 looks for you? So, well, everything's changed, they say, and yeah. yet nothing changes. Uh, that's something that I firmly believe in. Uh, there, there is a very fine imprint of mine, which I learned about 20 years ago from uh, a manager of mine. And that is way back in 2003. I'd like to tell that short story. Um, I was a young, wet behind my years, uh, marketing manager for a hypermarket as a business. And it was the first hypermarket of its kind in Mumbai, a 50,000 square feet store. And uh, my manager expected that with uh, a star uh, uh, like Karina Kapoor, uh, uh, who was to do the inauguration of the store, the, the shop floor was expected to get about 50,000 people to the store. In my entire, on the opening day, on a single day, uh, in my entire career, I had been a B2B marketer uh, largely prior to that and uh, B2C marketer also, but I could not fathom the fact that 50,000 people can also come to the store. And a very important learning that I got on uh, uh, three nights prior uh, to the store launch, when we were standing at the company guest house on the probably 18th floor. And I told him, I, I, I told my manager, but I've never done something like this. And he explained me some interesting thing about uh, consumer and consumer behavior, uh, which uh, stays true till today. And uh, while we were at the terrace of the guest house, he was uh, he, he pointed out to a high rise because Mumbai, you get to see a shanty to a high rise to a mid rise all together at one view. And uh, he shared something with me. He, he showed me a light on perhaps the 22nd or 23rd floor and, uh, uh, a housewife was working in the kitchen. Uh, he showed me a light on the smaller high rise, which was the 10th floor or whatever. And again, there was a light in the kitchen and the housewife was working. And deep down below, we could uh, see a small hutment where uh, the housewife was cleaning some utensils on the Porsche outside, uh, you know, the veranda. Mm -hmm. So stuff like that. And he said, uh, uh, Vatsal, do you know what is common between all three homemakers? They all have the same problems. Uh, they have got uh, kids to be sent to school tomorrow morning. They have their husbands who, have, who need to go to work or office tomorrow morning. Uh, she needs to wind up her kitchen. She needs to wake up. She needs to make a good breakfast. She needs to pack lunch. Uh, for all three, it's the same. The only thing that, uh, that differs is the level of their aspirations, the brand that they use. Uh, inherent uh, marketing is all about humanizing your product and solving a problem. And if you are able to connect with your audiences uh, to that level, uh, everything uh, remains the uh, same. What has changed in this last uh, 20 years that I have seen marketing is uh, that uh, I come from this uh, school of uh, classical direct marketing, which is personalized one-on-one -on -one experience where you understand your customer innately and you understand your customer's need at a very individual level. Today, technology has paved way for us to be one is to one is to millions. So you can understand uh, requirements of each customer using technology. You don't have to 
have a big machine like what IBM had uh, 20 years ago, the big servers which would take up the room. Today, it's all on your mobile. And uh, the inherent emotive values of the customer don't change. They want brands to be human. They want brands to have purpose. And they want brands to talk to them in a language that they understand. And so, yeah, while a lot has changed, uh, but earlier, the and India has been a country that's been built on theater, that's been built on storytelling. We always uh, love to listen to a good story. Uh, today, data and technology empower us to understand those insights uh, much better and be able to construct the narrative in a manner that is most receptive and useful to the customer. Mm. So, so the holy grail for marketers remain is what is the changing customer attitude and preferences. And yes, globalization, we all, because uh, the internet is now in our hands uh, and uh, we are so influenced by global web series, uh, we are so influenced by the uh, things that we see around us, uh, the young Indian audience has become uh, even more aspiring and they want to get better. They want to get ahead. And that's what marketers need to uh, keep providing. So, so yeah, it's been uh, good fun uh, keep, to keep on seeing the evolving changes. Nice. And, you know, just building on to that, one of the questions that marketers are often faced with, including me, actually, I struggle a lot with it at times, that what is the ROI? And again, it's a very random way of putting at it but what i mean to say is that there are some things where it's easy to very easily easy to showcase okay i put this much money into a marketing effort and this is what i got out say a performance marketing side of things but brand building side of things storytelling side of things like getting into the consumer's subconscious mind events pr rebranding campaign again, again as an example this slightly harder when it comes to what was my roi out of doing this so what's what's your take on this? Like, I'd love to get your views. So largely, uh, there are specific initiatives or tactics uh, that you would do, which are time-bound and goal-specific. Mm-hmm. And what are the outcomes that are expected uh, from uh, those initiatives versus the money that you deploy on the activities that you do to achieve that objectives in a specific time frame? Are the things that are uh, on... Uh, that help you get measured on ROI. But basically what you want to achieve is brand love. Is how many of your customers are going to advocate your brand to everybody that you meet. Like when you, when you, there's some great examples of customer service like Amazon customer service. They don't, uh, they won't fail you most of the times. And that's the kind of company that you want to build. Uh, Because when a customer feels redeemed about the product that he is using or when the customer goes to the back to the company with a problem uh, that he has with the service of the product and the kind of resolutions uh, that are brought about is what earns brand trust and brand loyalty. And that's truly the holy grail for every marketer, whatever initiative you are doing. You could define it as a tactic, whether you are doing some PR campaign or whether you are doing a time bound or a a specific purpose campaign that is there. But unless all your activities tie into the bigger purpose of creating brand love, it's all disjointed pieces and you'll never be able to measure ROI out of it. But if I were to create another broader question, so to say that what makes a CMO successful? Like, will you draw parallels from this or will it be like something different altogether? Um, There is is no one answer or there is no one side. (laughs) It's all uh, for what makes a CMO successful. Uh, But to succeed as a marketer, the one thing uh, that that individual needs to have is to be the voice of the customer in the boardroom. Uh, 
the role of the CMO is so empowered. Unfortunately, many marketers don't rise to that opportunity, which is a slightly sad thing because they live quarter to quarter by the numbers, by the many things that they are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but truly, for a marketer to succeed is, uh, uh, do you have your uh, year with the customer? And and my brief, the example that I just told you before in 2003, I had one singular brief and my manager asked me, because my job was to put up shelf talkers in the hypermarket. The shelf talkers are the one that tell you the price or this is buy one, get one free or this is the offer. Mm-hmm. And uh, so 50,000 customers a day was like uh, 1.5 million customers uh, walk-ins a month. And my boss said that through your in-store communication, every single homemaker that walks in with the trolley uh, through this door should feel that Vatsal Asher is personally present with her, telling her about what product she should buy. That was my brief. So that was the shelf talker. So unless you are able to humanize the experience, that is, I think, what all marketers strive to do is to humanize the experience for their customers en masse using technology, using data, using uh, content. And uh, that uh, joins the whole story. Fair enough. You know, I'd, I'd actually like to add a question on the buzzword, right? Digital transformation. Everyone's using it left, right and center. But... A lot, of, a lot of it actually happened in the last two years, right? Because we were hit by this pandemic over us. So I'd like to understand from you, what do you think COVID-19 has done to the fraternity of marketers? Was it good, bad, ugly, or something else? But only from a professional point of view. Uh, we, we'll have to... Uh, I, I, I don't think so. There's, again, a single answer to that as a fraternity. It's too difficult to generalized, but if we have to take certain segments, marketers have truly risen to the opportunity of the newfound reality of the blurring lines between uh, physical and digital. A time has come where the real world has transformed into digital and that is where companies are making uh, their dent. A couple of months ago at uh, one of our events, one of the trends that was very early observed, I think there's almost like seven, eight months now. Uh, the trend that was observed is that uh, a game like Fortnite sells mm-hmm. uh, the Nike Air Jordan uh, skins in game at yeah. $13 a piece and uh, or something like that. And it does about uh, 25% of the $2 billion uh, turnover. So it's like completely crazy. Uh, it, you... Uh, it's only limited by imagination. It's physical products being taken into the online world that is there. The way consumers consume has changed. So what it has done for marketers, it's given them a lot of sleepless nights in general to everybody because you need to keep a step ahead in the race. It has compelled them to innovate. It has it has given a rise to newer ideas. It has given a able, It has given the opportunity to tell newer stories in newer and more uh, ways with larger empathy for their uh, for the consumers that they serve, and uh, everybody's got a little more wiser, I guess, on how to uh, communicate, uh, where to put the money. Interesting, and that's that actually makes a lot of sense. I mean, having to having said that, exactly what I also went through maybe during the COVID days, start then the three or four waves that we've had over the years. There are these ups, downs, and of course, you you said it very rightly, the answer can never be generalized. But if you've taken the wave of 
digital and technology where marketing remains the hero then i think you're doing a decent enough job out there a uh, uh, very true because uh, the marketers who are myopic in terms of uh, most of the marketers especially in the indian context uh, their roles have been confined to marketing communications but marketing as a whole where the where the cmo uh, is going to stand up to processes within the organization that is uh, uh, be it operations be it manufacturing be it customer service be it finance uh, and provide holistic direction as a compass to the organization as to the ever evolving consumer needs those are the organizations that have made a difference and uh, uh, truly it's a, a good example of a zero budget marketing company i always look at a company like uh, zero da if you see they don't yeah. have i think they don't do it but they they ended up being one of the largest uh, platform because they were able to solve a very specific uh, customer problem and any company that solves a very specific customer problem are the are the ones that really don't need to do a lot of marketing the product speaks uh, uh, for themselves fair enough that was amazing also thank you before actually we move towards the rapid fire round where i become a pretend karan johar i'd love you to let our users also know about something that we're going to be kicking off with this episode so just for our listeners what we're doing from today onwards is that the entire season 5 is dedicated to trailblazers all the cmos that dma and a lot of us as a marketing fraternity have celebrated specifically in the last one year for the with the dma awards so i'd like like whatsapp for you to share a bit more about trailblazers and what does it take for a person to reach the level that they're called a trailblazer so to say uh th- thank you uh, shari in the in the very first place that uh, uh i'm grateful that you decided to dedicate uh, this season to people who have already made it real big in life who serve as inspiration to the aspiring Correct. and uh, uh, i really don't have a answer what it takes to be a trailblazer uh, i i i really i i really don't know but we are looking at people who are at the forefront of creating a purpose led world those mm-hmm. who drive impactful campaigns cmos who have excelled in driving an unprecedented culture shift in in something that's uh, that's going to be truly good for all of humanity they are they are the ones who have been able to take action they have been able to be the force for good and the force for change uh, the trailblazers are the one who have been able to display ability to remain fearless in a volatile and a changing business environment Mm-hmm. and it became very important because the times were very tough we didn't want to celebrate anything in 2020 so we waited it out okay. and we didn't do a lot of webinars we didn't do a lot of meaningless chatter uh, but we waited it out and at the end of 2021 we made a invitation mm-hmm. that tell us about how you solved the problems that you had because we know everybody had problems okay. and we are so delighted that 500 marketers stood up to sharing the problems or the opportunities they had and the solutions that they worked around it and then mm-hmm. we put a eminent jury led by sam balsara of madison and 14 other jurors to determine that who out of these were the people truly that could be worthy to be recognized and finally when we started realizing it uh, initially we thought we could recognize about a handful of people that we could count on our fingers and then we realized that times were really really tough mm-hmm. there have been more people than a handful or that you could count on your fingers that had really a great story to tell so we ended up recognizing a little more 
and uh, we now have a good bunch of uh, people and a great uh, deal of uh, success stories probably a little over two dozen that i would uh, put on the top yeah. and uh, <clears throat> uh, the 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 important part is they all have a story to tell they all have something great so what it takes to be a trailblazer is something that i would i would urge that you invite them one on one on the episode and bring them on and they can narrate and uh, describe uh, their uh, stories uh, to you over there and it's it's going to be so much fun uh, hearing them out uh, they are the ones who are fearless leaders who have, who have shaped the world of uh, marketing and uh, we are so excited to be part of it sounds good i'm, I'm actually really looking forward to host all of them on the digital couch cool this uh, brings us to the last section of the podcast which is a rapid fire round i mean i throw random questions towards you and you don't get a lot of time to think you haven't taken any yet though anyway so uh i'm i'm going to start uh, the first question is one book that every marketer should read no marketer should read one book marketer should read many books they should read one book as soon as uh, they can uh, but the one book uh, because uh, i i don't want to talk about a marketing book Okay. but uh, i i would uh, talk about uh, books uh, that have made a profound impact uh, on me yeah. in, in early age uh, when i would walk from school it was sorry this is rapid fire so i'll say power of subconscious mind nice uh you have an opportunity to take two people on a dinner date dead or alive who will these two people be so i would love to dine with dhirubhai ambani mm and uh, i would like to dine with my wife and daughter if that's two people of course nice the worst advice you ever got give advice <laughs> my next question is going to be the best advice you ever got don't give advice <laughs> all right and the last one being one soft skill that business leaders not just marketing business leaders should work on this year stay humble thank you so much watsal this has been indeed a pleasure hosting on the digital couch thank you so much for coming here i i enjoyed it as much and uh, uh, good luck shori to you and to value first uh, for uh, doing such a stellar job around this thank you thank you for joining us today at the digital couch we hope that you enjoyed this conversation if you have any feedback for our podcast please write us at the digital couch at vfirst.com That's all folks. See you next time.